My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Good morning, Christian America. This is the phrase that Jesus utters while on the cross just moments before his death. This phrase has been used by many doubters, many unbelievers, as an example of why Jesus is not who he says he is, and it's not who we believe that he is. It has been misconstrued by those who don't want to know the truth about these words, about that phrase, about who Jesus is. But we're going to show it to you today. We're going to talk about it today. As we get into scripture, we're going to cover Mark chapter 15, starting at verse 33. But we're also going to be talking about Psalm 22. Psalm 22 is very important. So we want you to do is Mark Psalm 22, get out your Bibles and turn to the gospel of Mark chapter 15. As we get into the word this morning, good morning, Christian America. And good morning, Christian America. Eddie here is always representing the Christian American revitalization effort where we seek to revitalize the Christian faith across this nation. We're going to get into scripture, but before we do that, if you support what we're trying to do here, if you want to see the spread of Christian values, wholesome values, family values spread across this nation, we ask not for donations, but your participation. Participate by liking this video, sharing this video, subscribing to this podcast to this YouTube channel, this Rumble channel, or wherever it is that you're watching this. Okay, I want you to get your Bibles and turn to the Gospel of Mark chapter 15 on, and verse 33, because what we're going to be discussing is as we continue this journey, if you followed us the past few, uh, the few, few weeks leading up to this point, Jesus is has, has been crucified. He is hanging on the cross at this moment in time. He has faced his accusers he has been turned over to the Romans and to the Roman guards. He's been beaten. He's been scourged. He's been, uh, he's been stripped of his clothes. They've casted lots for, uh, for his clothes. They've mocked him. They've crowned him with thorns. They beat him. They made him carry the cross all the way up to Calvary. Um, and now they've crucified him and they're watching him. And that brings us to verse 33 of the 15th chapter of Mark. All of these things are important because what happens next, what Jesus says next, as we're going to show to you and read to you, and has, has wide-ranging implications. And we're going to show you how it takes, how Jesus' words take you back to Psalm 22 and how what Psalm 22 says versus what Jesus is going through. And not only what has happened, but what Psalm 22 leads to what will happen. So let's get into the word of God today. Again, the gospel of Mark chapter 15, verse 33. <clears throat> now, when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cries out in a loud voice saying, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani which translates, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of those who stood by when they heard that said, look, he is calling for Elijah. Then someone ran and filled a sponge full of sour wine, put it on a reed 
and offered it to him to drink, saying, let him alone. Let us see if Elijah will come down, will come to take him down. And Jesus cried out with a loud, loud voice and breathed his last. Then the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, so that when the centurion who stood opposite him saw that he cried out like this and breathed his last, he said, truly, this man was the son of God. There were also women, women looking from afar, among whom were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James the Less, and of Joseph and Salome, who also followed him and ministered to him when he was in Galilee, and many other women who came up with him to Jerusalem. So this takes place. Jesus on the cross cries out, Eloi, Eloi. Lama Sakbaktani, my God, white God, why have you forsaken me? Many people who like to cast doubt on who Jesus is and who even Jesus says he is use this as a point of contention amongst the Christians, saying, Look, in his most troublesome times, Jesus doubts the Father. The Son doubts the Father. If the son and the father were one, he wouldn't say this. That's their argument. He, they argue the fact that at this point, Jesus is so broken, he's so beaten that the jig is up. He, that, he, that he gives it, that he doubts, he gives insight that he was never the son of man. He was never the son of God. He was him and the father and the father and him aren't the same. That's how they cast doubt. By this passage, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And if, if that's all you know, you can be led astray through that phraseology, through those lines of thought. But it's important as Christians that we just don't take everyone's word for it, which is why I show you this scripture. I show you exactly what scripture says, what Jesus says, how it's taking place, we show you from the beginning to end in order. We don't cherry pick stuff. And then we explain just this portion so that you can understand that you can grow not only in your faith, but you can grow in your understanding of your faith. That you can then come back to and point to and say, no, like this is what scripture says. I don't have to take a verse from this book and a verse from one of Paul's letters and a verse from one of the gospels and one of the verses from from Peter's letters and then try to combine them as if they were all one flowing thought in order to prove a point or make an agenda that is my own and not of scripture. But that's what they do with this passage. And they throw this passage out as, as they're what they would call proof that Jesus isn't who he says he is. But what is taking place right here when Jesus cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In the ancient Jewish tradition, when you prayed the Psalms, because obviously at this point, there is no New Testament in history. There is only the Torah, the Old Testament, the book of the prophets that the, the ancient Israelites pray their Psalms, the Psalm of David, the Psalms of Solomon, the other Psalms that are written. 
They studied these Old Testament, what we know as Old Testament works, and they pray these Psalms when they're going through these trying times or glorious times, whatever they're going through. And the tradition is that whoever's leading, the rabbi that's leading or the person that's leading these prayers would call out the first line or the first passage of a Psalm. And then everybody else would join in and that they would pray these Psalms together in unison. And even if there were no one else around and it was just one person, they would pray these Psalms. They would read the Psalms. It's important. That's an important note because if you're having trouble in your prayer life, and you don't know what to say. You don't know how to pray. You don't, I mean, there, there's a lot of tools and, and, and tips that you can use. And a lot of people have, have a lot of uh, useful knowledge on the subject. One of the easiest things to do is just turn to the book of Psalms and read a Psalm, pray one of those Psalms every day. Just go down the list. One, it will open up your understanding of scripture in the Old Testament, what was going through the minds and the hearts of the psalmist as they were writing these things down, both the glorious times as well as the troubled times, but it'll familiar, familiarize yourself with some of the prophecies, some of the ideas of what, what they knew then would be fulfilled at a later date. That fulfillment happens in Christ, it, but fulfillment happens in the ministry of Jesus. And so this is not very different from that. That Jesus is up here saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Oh, this is important. So grab your Bibles and turn to Psalm 22. Psalm 22. And we're going to we're going to read it to you so you can understand the gist of what Jesus is thinking while he's on that cross. He's not necessarily in despair. He's not doubting the father's plan. He's not second guessing his actions that led him to that cross by saying oh my god my god you've forsaken me he's referencing he's beginning the prayer of psalm 22 which he would obviously know by heart because he's jesus okay so psalm 22 let me take you down exactly what it says psalm 22 starts off with where have we seen this before my god my god why have you forsaken me that's jesus calling out this is what Jesus was trying to reference at this point in time. He knows it's almost finished. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so, so far from helping me? And from the words of my groaning, oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but you do not hear. And in the night season, and I am not silent, but you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in you. They trusted that, that you delivered them. They cried to you and were delivered. They trusted in you and were not ashamed. But I am a worm and no man and a reproach of men and despised by people. All those who see me ridicule me. They shoot out their lip. They, sh they shake their head saying he trusted in the Lord. Let him rescue him. Let him deliver him since he delights in him. What just happened? What just happened as, as we uh, uh, recently talked about leading up to this point in Jesus's crucifixion. The, the passersby mocked and ridiculed him. They said, let his God take him down from the cross. If he's who he says he is, he'll come down from the cross. 
right? This is exactly what Psalm 22 preludes. And if we continue on down, um, down to the psalm, but you are he who took me out of the womb. You made me trust while on my mother's breast. I cast upon you from birth. From my mother's womb, you have been my God. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, for there is none to help. Many bulls have surrounded me. Strong bulls of Bashan have encircled me. They gape at me with their mouths like raging and roaring, like a raging and roaring lion. I am poured out like water. All of my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It has melted within me. My strength is dried up like a, like a pot stirred. And my tongue clings to my jaws. You have brought me to the dust of death. For dogs have surrounded me. The congregation of the wicked have, has enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. They look and stare at me. They divide my garments among them. And for my clothing, they cast lots. Friends, did you see what I just read? Did you see the scripture from Psalm 22? For the dogs have surrounded me. The congregation of the wicked has enclosed me. What do you think Jesus has been going through throughout this passion? They pierced, it says, they pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. They look and they stare at me. They divide my garments among them. And for my clothes, they cast lots. Go back to the beginning of Mark 15 and what the Romans did to Jesus. They did all of these things. The people mocked him, criticized him, turned him over. The Romans pierced his hands and their feet. They cast lots. They crowned him with thorns. They made fun of him. So when Jesus says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He's not crying out in despair. He's praying this psalm in the Old Testament. He has fulfilled what this psalm says will happen. That these things will be done. They are quite literally done. And we'll continue through uh, Psalm 22. Bear with me. We're almost done here. Just so you can understand how this psalm ends. But you, O Lord, do not be far from me. O my strength, hasten to help me. Deliver me from the sword, my precious life, from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth, from the lion's mouth, and from the horns of the wild oxen. You have answered me. I will declare your name to my brethren in the midst of the assembly. I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, glorify him and fear him. All you offspring of Israel. For he has not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, nor has he hidden his face from him. But when he cried to him, he heard, my praise shall be of you in the great assembly. I will pay my vows before those who fear him. The poor shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him will praise the Lord. Let your heart live forever. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn to the Lord. All the families of the nations 
shall worship before you. The kingdom is the Lord's. All the, oh, the kingdom is the Lord's and he rules over the nations. All the prosperous of the earth shall eat and worship. All those who go down to the dust shall bow before him. Even he who cannot keep himself alive, a posterity shall serve him. It will be recounted of the Lord to the next generation. They will come and declare his righteousness to a people who will be born that he has done this. That is the entire Psalm that Jesus begins on the cross. It is one in which he is suffering as David, who wrote this song, suffered. But through that suffering, exactly what that psalm says, through the pierced hands, through the pierced feet, through the cast lots, through the stripping of his clothes, through the mocking of who he is. The end of that psalm gives praise to the Lord. It gives praise to God that he has not abandoned him, that he has not forsaken him, that he has not left him, that all who worship God will have will rule over the nations because he rules over the nations, that all the prosperous of the earth shall eat and worship. All those who go down to the dusk, it says, shall bow before him. He is God. He is the Father. He is in Jesus, and Jesus is in him. Don't be fooled by those who say, look, even Jesus admitted right here at this point when it got crucial that he wasn't who he says he was. Nonsense. He's praying Psalm 22. Why, why would those words just randomly come out? Although we go through struggle, although we may be crucified in our lives, we go through our own obstacles in our tribes, where we're mocked, we're criticized, marginalized, our pride is hurt, our pride might be crucified, and that's a good thing because we should voluntarily give that up. No matter the struggle that you're going through, although they may be able to count your bones, if you believe in God, you will overcome. If you believe in God, there's a, great, there's a greater reward waiting for you. It is a, a reward that may or may not have anything to do with this life. But a promise to the everlasting life, a promise to et eternal life with Jesus, who was crucified on that cross for us. If you like messages like this, if you like getting into scripture, again, we don't ask for donations. We just ask that you like and subscribe uh, to this podcast, to this YouTube channel, to this Rumble channel, or wherever it is that you're watching that. Come join us as we try to rebuild and revitalize the Christian faith across our nation. Until uh, Friday, you guys stay on fire for Christ. Stay blessed. Good morning, Christian America.